On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment. Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 for Dave and Dijanovic. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, Talk to us at Cordell and Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership. I'm Jess Larson. This is part two of our interview with Emily Nelson. I think, so social media is, it can be a negative thing, but when we use it for good to um, put ourselves out there, to let people get to know us and why we're so passionate, it allows us to connect with, you know, people that's it seems like more of a personal level my sister said to me the other day emily uh for anybody who missed part one can we do another elevator pitch of of uh, (laughs) high fitness yeah so my name is emily nelson and i am one of the co-owners and co-founders with my business partner amber zenith um of high fitness it's a group fitness format and basically what we've done is we've taken old school aerobics and brought it back bigger better higher and made it modern um our intent was uh to make a class that was as intense as it is fun and also to create a community that empowered people that that brought people together to become the best version of themselves and you know with this rapid growth where you know less than four years you've already got two thousand of these certified folks all over can you can you give us examples of just like how far away like where where these people are um yeah i mean we have i don't think and i should know this because hello but we're not in every state but we're really close but in the u.s um as far as new york i'm headed to boston this weekend to certify some more people um we have also up in calgary and edmonton saskatchewan um yeah so basically we're coast to coast with just some of those midwest states missing on our our radar so we got to get them now (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, you know, when we were ending off part one, you talked about you could get, if you could give a younger version of yourself some advice, it'd be maybe to live a bit, little bit more in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then you said, actually, I could give that to myself now. And I was kind of chuckling because it's probably the same for me. Um, <laughs> why do you think it is for those of us who are maybe a little more ambitious or the entrepreneur type, uh, people who are attracted to entrepreneurship, um, why do you think it is harder for us to to be present maybe? Um, I, for me, I think it's just that I am pulled in a lot of directions. Um, you know, I have three little kids, including a three month old newborn son. Um, and I, I want to be all in that, but then I also have this business. I have a husband, I have other, you know, things. And I think I'm pulled in so many directions that it's hard for me to just be as in the moment, but that's really like, been my goal in the last year, especially with having, you know, my last baby, I'm like this, I've got, I've got to savor this. I've got to be in the moment. But I think that applies not just to your personal life, but also your business life. Like, you know, I think back to things that we've done. (coughs) Sorry about that. Um, you know, like in our business and maybe I didn't savor it like as much. And so I just think that we're so busy and I think that our mind is always going, what's next, what's next, how can we make this better? How can we, you know, we want to make this better not just for our business, but for our instructors, our future instructors. And so I think it's really every once in a while, Amber and I will send each other a text and say, can you believe this? You know, and like, let's just sit in that for 
two minutes. Like, let's just sit and how cool that is. Because I think as ambitious entrepreneur background, I mean, people, we just, we just go, go, go. What's next? What, what more can we do? And it's really important to savor the moment when success has happened, both personally and professionally. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I think that that, um, for me, like part of the living in the future is what's driven me to build different things. But, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of C.S. Lewis, the guy that wrote the Narnia books, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's got that book, the screw tape letters about like the devil who's coaching the younger devil on how to tempt his, his, uh, patient in England, whatever. Oh, he, yeah. said, he said, try to get him to, um, Try to try to get him to burn all of the great things from today on the altar of tomorrow, so he doesn't enjoy his life. And I'm like, dang it, I'm doing that. Yeah, I know it's it's really hard, and I think um, anyone who's kind of, you know, going doing this and building and all that, it's it's always what's next. But we really do have to relish in the the moment. Sure. Well, I want to talk about another subject. Um, women in entrepreneurship is obviously getting so much play these days. And the, the greater business world is trying to adapt and try to understand more. When you think about, um, I mean, you and I were talking a little earlier. I mentioned, you know, at Mylan, our consulting firm, we have a number of female CEOs and female executives that I've worked with for years. But yeah. I'm interested in your opinion. When you think about um, specifically moms who own businesses, yeah. what, what do you think the greater business market doesn't understand about appealing to folks in your world? Or what, what do you feel like the misunderstandings are? Or what advice would you have for folks who, who want someone like you as a client? Um, you know, we, so I think we can get as much done. Like I said, I'm a full-time mom. Like I work from home. I do have help. Yes. I have an assistant who helps me with the kids and stuff like that, but I'm a, I'm a full-time mom 24 seven. So in between, you know, I've got a baby napping next to me while I'm doing this interview or, you know, in between running this and that. And, but I do think we can get just as much done. I don't think that's like a hindrance. I just think it's, I think actually it's um, even cooler because we know how to multitask on like a whole different level than most people. <laughs> like, um, but I also, I like, I am multitasking at its finest. My husband's always laughing at me. Like, I'm like, oh, and I had this call today and I went on this podcast and then I took gymnastics and while I was at gymnastics, I, I brokered a deal for this, that, and he's like, what the, you know, like, but it's like, you you know, just go, go, go. Probably some of the hardest workers out there. I would say that, but we also have a passion. I think for me, like I have a passion because I'm in, I'm in this to provide for my family. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is me going out there and I think about, am I inspiring my kids, my daughters? I have two daughters, like, or am I taking away from their lives? And I always have that on the back of my brain. I always want to be, you know, inspiring, um, my kids and making them feel proud of their mom. Um, but I think technology has helped so much in allowing working mom entrepreneurs to be out there because, you know, we can have things at our fingertips when I'm out with my kids at Lagoon, I can, you know, reply, not that it's good to do this because you should be in it, but I can reply to an email and get people answers while still being able to do both worlds. I think technology's made that really great. Yeah. You know, um, I think about this space and I think about, you know, as we do, so we do a bunch of, uh, our consulting firm does a bunch of like executive advisory services. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And over the years you become really close to your clients and then it ends up being a, about a lot more than work and they're talking about their whole lives. Right. Yeah. And I'm interested, um, just in your thought on this one of like, 
I feel like um, a number of my clients, they're ambitious, they're, um, they're really great at what they're doing, but I find, like if I had to make exaggerations, that a lot of my male clients need a little more humility and a lot of my <laughs> female clients need a little more confidence. Do you have any, yeah. would you weigh in on that at all? Do you have any thoughts about that? No, I would say that, like, I think we, um, and I do, like, we we were talking about um, just the other day, like, oh, we need to brag about ourselves a little bit more. Like, someone wrote up, like, an article about us of saying, like, you know, self-funded an e-commerce business and this, and we were like, oh, I never thought of it that way, because I think we just trudge along day after day, like, this is what we do, and we don't really think about, like, the ego part of it, because maybe because we're not in an office, we're not around, you know what I mean? Like, we're just trudging through, but... Um, I don't know because I, I don't know, maybe because we're not in it for the glory or like the, the chum respect or whatnot. I don't know. But I think that's funny. You said that, well, but I know there's a lot of amazing men out there who aren't all in it for the ego like you and my husband, you know, so just say, so you no, know, well, I'm not bashing yeah, men. And it's a balance beam and we all fall off either side of the balance beam in any given moment. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um, but I guess here's my thought, you know, whether it's to consultants like the ones that work for me at Mylan or whether it's to, you know, senior executives or managers who are helping kind of like these high performance, you know, high performance leaders, these, these women on their way up the, up the corporate ladder. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, this idea of like when somebody's feeling down on themselves, someone else saying, no, you're great. Doesn't actually fix anything. Like yeah, they have to yeah. come to that conclusion themselves. Like, which it sounds like a number of the folks in your program, they come back week after week and they get better. And so they see the evidence and then they start to believe. Right. Yeah. I'm interested in um, specifically any thoughts you have about this. If, if somebody has to advise, uh, you know, this up and coming female leader who is down on herself. Oh, I didn't go to Harvard. Oh, I don't have this kind of a background. Oh, you know, kind of these feelings of inadequacy, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, just telling them you're fine doesn't fix anything. If you had any advice on how to help them come to their own conclusion, you know, it's a process for everyone else, too, or whatever. Any thoughts about how to how to advise them in a way of helping them make their own realization instead of just telling them they're great or something? Yeah, like getting over those like blocks, those mental blocks or those like obstacles that come in our way when we feel like we're not enough type thing. Yeah, like um, the self like labeling selves, you know. Yeah. And we never did that. That's the thing is like from the beginning, I was like, I don't care. We got to we're, we're going after this. Like people ask us all the time. Did you did you think it would be that successful? And I always say. Well, yes and no, because we didn't give our whole lives and go after this with like a, let's see if it works out. Like we went after like, this is going to happen. This is going to, you know what I mean? Like we went in. And so I think I would tell someone instead of just saying, oh, you're fine. You can do it. I would say, okay, what do you have? Like kind of like make them put their product out there or their idea or whatever. Like, what do you have? What do you have to offer to people? And like, you know what I mean? Like put, put the things that someone excels at and what they have in front of their face, make them write it out, make them, you know, put their idea out there to see how great it is, despite, you know, what's happening around and what are you going to do to make that happen type thing. Um, I think when we're moving forward, when we're putting work into something, that's where confidence comes from. We, we, if we sit back, if we, if I would have sat back and lazily watched someone else kind of make this happen, my confidence wouldn't be there of how great it is, how great this program is. But I think when we're putting in the work, day after day to make a reality come. That's where confidence comes from is when we, we put in the work. It humbles you as well. Yeah, it is interesting, right? Um, you know, just picking a few of those things you said out there, I feel like 
uh, I kind of love that idea of getting them to tell you what they're good at, you know, help, helping them kind of become a bit more honest about that. Yeah. And then your, your point about action steps, you know, um, there's nothing like actual proof, right? There's nothing like, there's nothing like actually doing it instead of just talking, right? Yeah. And I also think we do this a lot with um, our employees that work for us or even instructors because um, it can be hard to evaluate. We do instructor evaluations, right? But it can be hard to like hear feedback from people. So a lot of times what we do is a self-evaluation. Like we'll give them the evaluation that we would have done on them or someone would have done on them. And just by them reading it and thinking, oh, do I do that? Do it makes them become better because they can take ownership of it. Well, it's interesting to, again, back to kind of the whole theme of your business of, you know, uh, less on comparison to others, right? Yeah, yeah. This idea of, of really like, you know, quit trying to create the cardboard cutout version of ourselves that we're trying to earn merit badges for and be more concerned about our own opinion of ourselves and that kind of mm -hmm. that inner evaluation instead of the exterior one, right? Yep, yep. All that, all the good that we can do in this world comes from, you know, changing the inside and a self-evaluation of ourselves and becoming stronger that way for sure. Um, so shifting gears here a little bit, you know, as you guys have, have grown so rapidly, you've got, you know, over 2,000 of these different certified folks representing the brand. And, and you don't have the chance to have a personal friendship with 2000 people plus their, <laughs> plus their students. Yes. Yeah. Can you talk about maintaining the culture and not losing the magic? Um, yeah. So I think, so social media is, it can be a negative thing, but when we use it for good to, um, put ourselves out there to let people get to know us and why we're so passionate, it allows us to connect with, you know, people that's, it seems like more of a personal level. My sister said to me the other day, I always wonder how, you know, you make every 13,000 people feel like you're your best friend, <laughs> you know, like, how do you do that? And, and I think, and then she said, I know how you do it. You stay, you stay exactly who you are when you were my little sister four years ago before this company started. I'm exactly who I am. And because we are that way, it allows us to, um, to try to push that through like our instructors. And when we do our trainings, we, we try to, I mean, we cannot control people. You got to believe it's the scariest thing in the world to put your product out there and know that it can be changed and, and ruined and they can represent it in a totally different way. Right? Like we do not have control over these, you know, instructors all over, but I think we just really try to instill through our trainings and through our online, um, presence and what we teach them and continuing education on our, instructor network and things like that. We just continue stress. Why are we a stickler about this rule and why? Because it, you know, it keeps the brand, it keeps the image. And I think when people, because they fell in love with the product in its true form, then they want to portray that product in the same way. And that's when one way that's helped us is because it changed their lives. So they fell in love with it. They want to do that for other people. Um, and also, yeah, just, we, we try to put uplifting things out there. We do campaigns that, you know, highlight things in a way that on um, the things we want to focus on in the fitness industry, rather than letting, you know, the fitness industry pull us in a different direction. Well, I can see that differentiation being such an advantage of, because you don't blend in with everybody else as much. Yeah. You know, um, my aunt in Edmonton, Alberta, when I was growing up, I always loved going to my aunt Helen's house because she was an aerobics instructor and had all this great music, you know, as yes, like yeah. an elementary school kid. We loved going through all her dub tapes. Right. And, the best. Uh, and she was like a super fun person. I mean, still today she does like comedy things with her friends and, uh, 
And I think about like, you know, you take some kind of people who maybe have like a, a bigger natural spark. And if you can, like, I'm just even thinking about the kind of merchandise you guys have, like, it doesn't, yeah. you like your 70s stuff or these different mm -hmm. things, like you're intentionally going for something distinct. And mm -hmm. it seems like that's got to be an advantage in, in uh, having it not blend in with everyone else, make it easier to have high fitness feel like high fitness. Is that a fair evaluation yeah. or? Yeah. Yeah. And we, we're, we're really trying to stay on the pulse also. So a lot of fitness formats, they release like new tracks every three months and things like that. We release a new track every week. So it's always fresh. Like our, what I mean by that is our instructors get a new like routine every week to like add to the library of hundreds of routines that they have. But that way everybody gets excited. The whole instructors, participants, everybody's so excited because they know on Friday we've got a new routine. And so everyone knows it's coming, you know, like that sort of thing. And it allows us to stay on the pulse of like what's current, what's not. We did a 70s month. Um, we've done, you know, this just barely, we did a, a varsity line um, that you know, did kind of like back to school type thing. We will do, um, we'll do a nineties hip hop, you know, like just different things. And we, we also try to keep it very variety. And so we have like, you know, I can be doing a class with Donna summer seventies, but then Justin Bieber and it, it appeals to the masses. Then you got some ACDC in there and some beastie boys and then some Taylor Swift. So it really, we try to appeal to the masses and that's what allows us, you know, to touch so many people as well. Sure. Well, um, again, just because of your guys' rapid success, I know that you get a lot of media opportunities. Uh, maybe to close off here, I'd be interested. What do people not ask you that you wish they would? Oh. Uh, or, or what's something that's a passion subject for you? Anything like that? Um, so recently, like, we just, we, so we just went alive, like Amber and I together. And we were talking about how we're the anti-diet culture, which sounds kind of funny in the fitness industry, but I think we get asked um, a lot, like what, what we eat or what we do. And we're like, we're, you know, we're, we just are healthy. Like we just try to be very moderate. And I think in the fitness industry, people are pushed so hard to like count macros, to do keto, to do this. And we have chosen to stay out of all that as the face of a fitness company and to just be like, you know what, we're going to eat healthy. We're going to have our treats. We're going to feel our bodies. Um, and I think that shocks people a lot of times um, just because of that, because if you, I mean, I just had a baby, but Amber, like she's literally solid muscle from her head to her toe and you know, and she doesn't lift a weight cause she's like um, so muscly. And so I think it shocks people, but it's also refreshing for people to know and just things like that. Um, can, just can we how, talk, yeah. Can we talk about that for a minute? Because uh -huh. it, you know, talking about something extreme, you know, and, and diets and nutrition have a lot of extremes, right? Yeah. It's really easy to get attention quick. Oh, you know, oh no, that, that terrible, that diet's terrible. You really need to switch to this extreme one, right? Yes. However, it does feel like if you can really live this brand of moderation, that it has staying power, you know, like it, mm -hmm. that it won't be a fad because eating healthy and doing things in moderation could be like a long-term lifestyle that's not likely to go away. But yeah. it seems tougher to sell up front where you can get so much attention for doing something extreme. Can you can you talk about yeah. that? Yeah. And I think people want an answer. Unfortunately, people want you to be like, yes, this is exactly what we eat. This is what we do to look like this. You know what I mean? Like people want that answer. And unfortunately, as we've all learned over many, many years of the yo different diets and yo-yo things, there there really is no simple fix or simple answer. And so we just really are trying to put that out there like, you can have a happy, fulfilling life um, 
by exercise, move your body and, you know, eating in moderation and healthy foods and balance, because isn't that what we're all trying to get? I, I believe you can't truly be balanced in life because life's too crazy for that. We're unbalanced. You know, sometimes we're too into work. Sometimes we're too into family. Like, you know, sometimes we eat too many cookies, but I do believe that finding that balance is, is really what makes us happy. And I think when we push to those extremes, like we realize I've seen people who have gone very extreme in diet or exercise, and then they've come back and been like, yeah, I, I didn't even appreciate where I was or like, you can't, you can't truly live happily. Right. Like, but it's so much easier said than done to eat. And like you said, like people don't like that because they're like, uh, wait, what? Like, but, but it does have lasting power. And it, and if we can be on any mission, it's to put it out there that, I mean, obviously we're exercise addicts because we love it. And the fact that we're trying to spread this, but that's because we truly believe that fueled correctly, you know, with healthy foods and moderation, you can exercise and feel those happy endorphins, which makes you come back, gives you those, you know, strong, you build muscle, you know, that, you know, helps your metabolism and all those things. And truly, isn't that what it's about? It's being healthy. That's what my husband used to always say to me. Are you healthy? Yeah. Okay. Like being healthy and confident. And, and that's just kind of what we're trying to put out there, becoming the best version of who you are, because you're never going to be like your neighbor. Never, no matter how hard you try. So can I just tell you, I this is like, I don't know, I must have recorded like 275 or 300 episodes of podcasts in the last couple of years here. Yeah. And so often at the very end of the second part is where like the solid gold comes out. I feel like <laughs> what you just said needs to be like the beginning of the whole thing. So people will listen to everything. Like, I think that that's just such great advice. Doesn't matter who you are, what you do. I, I really love that message. So thanks for sharing it. I know. Well, it just gets, once you get me talking, then the good comes, you know, you get past the awkwardness, I guess. <laughs> no, no. I just feel like it's the nature of, as you start peeling back the onion through an interview, it's at the end where I, it's kind of like the gold at the end of the rainbow for me. Yeah, no, it is true. It's, it's, I think just once you just really start digging deep into why and what, you know, that that's where it is. I love it. Well, listen, besides people following you guys on Instagram, high.fitness or come to the website, highfitness.com. Uh, are those kind of the best places for people to connect with you guys or what, what else would you put out there? Um, yeah, yeah. We have Facebook, which is facebook.com, um, backslash. I love high fitness. Um, I am at high fitness, Emily, and my business partner is at Amber Goldie Zenith. Um, and so we're just on there, but yeah, any people follow their instructors, whatever you want. We just want people to feel that high love. And hopefully if you're not into fitness or if you are, you'll come try a class and give it a chance. Yeah. By the way, if somebody wants to figure out if their class is near them, is do they go to the website? Is there a place to reach out? What's the best way? Yes. Yeah. So if you go to highfitness.com, you can search classes um, by address or a drop down menu with cities and all that kind of stuff. It can find you classes like in your city or near you or whatnot. So, and also if someone's out there who's a fitness professional and they would like to become an instructor, there's all also on there how to become an instructor and our shop with all our fun apparel. Even if you don't like fitness, it's still good stuff. <laughs> well, uh, well, this is great. Thanks again for doing this. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You bet. Well, that's it for the episode. One other thing I wanted to tell you about, if you remember the guys from Convoy uh, in episodes back, Ken Free and Trent Mano, I went on one of their CEO trips to New York and I met a guy named Brent Thompson, very successful entrepreneur. He was former CEO of Jive Communications, big uh, company now, I think three or four hundred million dollars. Anyways, he, uh, he started a new company called blipbillboards.com. I'm super stoked they're a sponsor now. But I, I remember 
a year and some ago when I met him, I thought it was genius. Instead of having to buy six months or a year's worth of billboard um, for thousands of dollars, you can buy eight seconds at a time for like 10 or 20 cents. You pick what billboard you want it on, what time of day you want it to run. And it just puts so much power in the hands of, of marketers and CEOs who want to try something and see if it works. You can buy as many or as few as you want, change it as many times as you want. Uh, I think now our podcast is being advertised on billboards in like 18 different states because we have these guys as sponsors. We're pretty excited about it. Hope you check out blipbillboards.com. Thanks. Now's the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at the Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details.